What is up, guys? Thank you all for checking out this edition of New Generation Hero Talk. I am your host, EJ Stewart. We got a very special podcast for you guys this week because we're doing our Black Widow review. This is our first Marvel movie review we've done in a very long time since Spider-Man Far From Home. So that's 2019, so we went a long time for this. And uh, I'm pretty sure my guys will have a lot to say about this movie. We've been talking about it for more than two years now, so really great to finally be able to sit down and talk about another marvel film on the podcast so i'm excited for this show joining me my co-host starting with shamari stewart shamari comes back and sham i i I just would be remiss not to mention you know it's been a, a really great week for marvel to start um they got 23 nominations for wandavision that included uh nominations for the emmys regarding best limited series uh, lead actress for Elizabeth Olsen, lead actor for Paul Bettany, uh, supporting actress for Katherine Hahn, and director for Matt uh, Shackman. So uh, just a, a truly uh, remarkable and historic run for WandaVision as, as Marvel enters the TV fray and immediately picks up dozens of Emmy nominations, or almost dozens of Emmy nominations. It's quite impressive. Yeah, yeah, it's very impressive. I mean, shout out to shout out to WandaVision for that, and 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 shout out to you, EJ, for also being nominated for an Emmy. Ah, um, yeah, that's what's up. Yeah, so I mean, shout out to shout out to EJ, everyone listening. So, yeah. Um. So of course, EJ works very hard. So I want to give him that shout out. Um. But yeah, man. I mean, this is WandaVision. You know, before before all these shows had started, and you guys know this. Of course, I told you guys, I was very skeptical mm-hmm. of of WandaVision in general, but also of WandaVision being the first um, of the Disney Plus TV shows. I didn't know how that would work. I know that wasn't originally their plan. They had planned for Falcon and Winter Soldier mm-hmm. to be the first show. And uh, in hindsight, I don't think, I don't think that would have worked as well, right. I, interestingly enough. So, um, uh, so yeah, I mean, I, I think... It's, it's very deserving. They're very deserving of all these nominations. Um, uh, WandaVision for a while. Um, now, mind you, I, I don't watch The Crown. I don't watch, you know, a lot of these other shows. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, so I could be totally wrong. I could be missing out. I don't know. I don't know what I'm talking about. I can't about. say. Yeah, I can't really say who's going to really win say, or who oh, can best win. show on television, yeah, which is yeah. what I w- would want to say is that I think it was. I, I, I would argue it may have been the the most popular show on television on TV or streaming for a little while, at least. Um, Def- yeah, definitely. I'd agree with that. Or the most talked about maybe right. in particular. Right. The most, yeah. The most buzz, the most engagement. Yeah. It definitely was getting the most buzz. Um, so, I mean, I think that's, that's a testament to its strength and hopefully they're able to, uh, to get some, Nemi- get some, uh, to win some Emmys, particularly Elizabeth Olsen and Catherine Hahn. I thought they did particularly well. Yeah, I think I would agree with that. Kendall joined us as well. Um, that Olsen and, and Han would it to me Shackman probably has a decent case too, like but Olsen and Han to me kinda of definitely feel like two powerhouses going into their uh nom- nominations. But as Shamari said, you know, I, I don't watch all of these shows that are and all these great talents that are being put up against each other for these awards, but I, I do know that um those two women were, were just uh, tremendous in their uh in their uh performances on this on the series. Yeah, I mean, and even beyond WandaVision, you know, Falcon Winter Soldier got nominated for for a couple of awards as well. Um, that that show uh, was excellent. Um, I can't speak for what's gonna win, because um, like you said, I, I don't you know I don't watch enough uh, television 
um, to to <laughs> to say whether or not you know so and so got robbed. You know, I don't know. Um, I will say that Wandavision and those those um, those people that were nominated were certainly deserving um, of the nominations based off of what I've seen. Again, I can't say who got snubbed or not, but um, you know, I can't. I don't it, like given the year that we had. I also don't imagine that there was like there could have been that many people that were snubbed because it was less. Um, I feel like there was less television, <laughs> you know. So um, I would imagine that they that 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 they they certainly deserve the nomination, and if they win. You know, and then I can't I can't argue because what I saw, um, WandaVision was a great show. Falcon Winter Soldier was a great show. Um, you know, definitely some some issues, you know, down the stretch. <laughs> but uh but nonetheless certainly was a riveting certainly was a riveting experience watching it uh week to week. Um I do think that the week to week format helped it rather than it hurt it. Um definitely. if if it would have been uh, if it would have dropped all in one day um i don't think the reception would have been maybe not i don't know critic reception i don't know but just in terms of the buzz and the you know the excitement for it wouldn't have been the same you know Mm -hmm. people would still be talking about saying oh that experience of watching it was still crazy but um Mm -hmm. for the you know knowing what was going to happen you know knowing what happens uh hurts it a little bit i'm starting to think the week-to-week format is just better overall for these shows yeah it's for the experience yeah for the very good yeah for the even for the studios seen other shows and even animated content that i just binge through yeah it doesn't get any buzz even yeah. ones that are fantastic yeah it but doesn't new cage would have been the talk of the town you know had it been week Ex- to week exactly daredevil would have been the talk of the town had it been week to week so yeah, jessica jones as well so and those shows were i would say better than WandaVision yeah. and Falcon Winter Soldier, but yeah, you know, <laughs> but it's a, the formatting. Yeah, and staying on uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier, I will say that um, it was kind of weird that Don Cheadle got nominated for like a guest spot, and that guest spot. Was, like, yeah, that, that's like a that's like a puff piece kind of a category. I mean, yeah. the other the other nominees weren't like <laughs> where there was other. It's a very weird. It's a very that's a, to me a very weird uh, category to have. That yeah, I mean, Cheetah like, was fine. And he was literally in like one scene. Um, so that was a little weird. But I do feel like there was any any recognition that needed to be had for the Disney Plus shows in this Emmy season. I think Carl Lumbly is probably the one that I would probably feel disappointed in that there was no love for him. Carl he Weathers was, got a nomination for for Mandalorian. Yeah, I was like, I mean. His episode, and I don't know. I mean, no disrespect to Carl Weathers, but you know, I mean, his episode certainly was not like the most exciting part of the show. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I mean, Lumbly to me, I mean, he was he was the guy, wasn't it? Yeah, I was gonna say, wasn't it like the biggest gap of like the whole season? <laughs> yeah, of all of television. Oh, right, yeah. But Lum- Lumbly to me was like, uh, he just took over every scene he was in. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I like, I don't know, there's a guest spot. Not category, and he wasn't involved or supporting guest appearance, whatever, and he's not listed. I'd like to know the other names on that list. That to me is a little bit of a of a bummer for me. But otherwise, man, shots Marvel. Um, historic day to day with all the Emmy nods. Again, in some ways, I agree. It feels like you know Daredevil and Luke Cage walked so that you know WandaVision and uh, you know Falcon and Winter Soldier could run. Uh, because for a long time, the Emmys didn't take superhero shows seriously in years where I thought they definitely should, especially particularly with 
Um, I thought those two shows and Jessica Jones, I thought it was crazy that they they were just they were ignored. Um, so it was dope to see that. Obviously now you know Marvel Disney the Marvel Studios you know machine and that behind it certainly helped. Obviously you got a guy who appeared in the show for thirty seconds getting nominated now, so it shows you things are different. The money and the in the and support behind it is different, but nonetheless it's still uh, great to see. But again, this podcast is going to be solely about um, the Black Widow movie that dropped this week. Again, this is the first movie, um, this first uh, Marvel movie that we we're uh, reviewing in two years, so a really long time. And just my my opening thoughts, of course, as we do every uh, you know review show, this is a spoilers review. So if you've not seen Black Widow and you're looking forward to seeing it and don't want to be spoiled, uh, I love you guys, but this is probably the time to turn us off and you know check us out next week on Hero Talk. Um, if you haven't watched it and you don't care about spoilers and you want to learn about the movie and maybe it'll make you want to watch it, then, you know, sit back, relax. Of course, if you have watched it and you want to hear a discussion on the film, um, also, uh, uh, tune in and, and, and stick around. So this movie set after the events of Civil War, core stars, um, Scarlett Johansson herself as the Scarlet Witch, uh, excuse me, Scarlet Witch, Jesus, uh, the Black Widow. You knew it was going to happen once in this podcast. Um, especially after we talked about WandaVision for the first eight minutes, um, Starring Scarlett Johansson as Black Widow, uh, uh, Florence Pugh's debut in the Marvel Cinematic Universe as uh, Yelena Belova. Um, overall thoughts. I mean, to me, uh, this was a really good movie. Um, I want to make sure that I make that clear. I, I, I thought that the action was really good. I thought um, Johansson, if there was any question or any doubt about, you know, could Johansson you know, carry a movie solo as the, the, the primary character. I didn't have those questions, but I'm sure some people out there did. I feel like this movie put that to bed. I thought she was uh, really great in the lead. Florence Pugh, I thought, was definitely a standout. I, I definitely understood the, the love she was getting before um, this movie. I thought the action was really good, you know, um, um, pretty much what you would want from a kind of uh, spy action you know, you know, hand-to-hand combat kind of movie. I think you pretty much got what you were looking for. Um, and overall, just a, a pretty, uh, a story that definitely pay, kind of completes the picture on who Natasha Romanoff is and was as a person and kind of understanding where she comes from and what makes her tick. And I think it will probably add a bit more to her um, performances from the other movies when you go back and watch them after seeing this movie. Uh, what I will say, though, and again, I'm trying to be honest and, and we're going to have an open conversation on this pod for the next you know hour or so, is I do feel like with this film, what we talked about for years, literally, um, we talked about this movie is, especially especially when we learned it was going to be um, in the time of you know post-Civil War. Um, and then, then again, when we saw that the Black Widow character died in, in, in uh, Endgame, what we all were, I think we all agreed with was there had, Marvel had to give us a reason for this movie to matter and make sense at this moment in time. We all know Scarlett Johansson's um, commitment and her contributions to the Marvel Cinematic Universe, to the superhero culture in general, as being a megastar who signed on early. Like, we all understand that just, her being star, starring in the movie definitely earned and deserved. But given how Marvel set this all up and given where we're moving forward, 
to me, the question that stood was, what was their reasoning for us going backwards in any way when we're so much looking forward to what's coming up? And were they able to answer that question at all with anything we saw in this movie? In my opinion, I'll let these guys talk after me after this. I don't think they did that. I feel like this movie would have been way better suited had it just come out right after uh, Civil War. And I understand with the way they had to get that Avengers money and that Marvel money, and they were, they were building up to that event and Thanos. They didn't want to waste any more time. So I understood why they did it, how they did it. But I think to, to me, it was a little bit of a detriment to this movie. I think if this movie comes out after Civil War, I already liked the movie. I think I would go from liking it to like really, really liking it. I think because it comes out as a prequel after Endgame when we know this character died and it's a time before even Infinity War, you kind of say, okay, well, why, what does this story mean? Why does it matter as much? And I don't know if we really got those answers. Now, we'll talk about this movie. And I do think that there were, there were tea leaves left that I think are still unanswered that will be important moving forward. Um, but to me, the story was way more straightforward and way more just kind of what you would have expected or right, not what have expected, but it, it played, they played it way more straight than I ever would have thought they did. And that was a little bit disappointing. I can't front like the movie really solid overall, but did this movie have to come out at this time? My argument would be no. And that it would have been much better suited if it came out after civil war. What are your thoughts, Sham? Mm. Um, I mean, I would I would probably agree with you, um, just in the sense that that there wasn't there really wasn't anything uh, in this in this movie in the movie itself that would have been like yeah this this need this needed to come out now you can you can tell the story before or even I would also say post uh, Infinity War because remember Iron Man and Wasp came out after Infinity War um, and that was a prequel to Infinity War. And that's I thought that fit pretty well also. I feel like this could have came out at that time also. So yeah, I mean I, I would say I agree. Um and, and I think not only is this coming out post endgame, it's also coming out post uh Spider Man as well. So we feel even even further removed from right. uh, you know, from endgame, from the events of endgame. And uh, and yeah, Black Widow wasn't as as popular a character. And personally, and we'll get into of course overall thoughts and everything. I don't think this movie would change very many people's minds if they didn't like Black Widow before. Um, that's just my personal opinion. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong, but um, I think if you are someone that did not like Black Widow, I don't think this movie is gonna make you like Black Widow. You know, just I'm just being honest. Um, so. I'm not one of those people. I enjoyed the movie overall, but I don't think this isn't going to make you go, oh, you know, this isn't like the Captain America first Avenger, the Captain America Winter Soldier level transformation where you're like, oh my gosh, like I want to see more of this guy, you know, right. which I just like first Avenger, but there was just a leap in terms of the quality of, of just the, the action and the stakes right. involved in having Cap living now and doing what he's doing. Yeah, there was no increase in stakes here really i mean it was a different plot i mean it was an interesting enough plot but this is wasn't going to make you a black widow fan and even if it did she's dead now you know and there doesn't seem to be any indication um as we of course we had theorized before with scrolls and other things doesn't seem to be any hint or indication that she's going to be coming back 
in any kind of way. So, um, so I mean, overall, I'd say I agree with you. Um, it didn't, it, it didn't color my, my opinion of the movie in any way, but I, I do agree with you that I don't really understand fully why they decided to wait until now to tell this story. It seems a little bit reactionary, a little bit like, oh yeah, I forgot people are, some people are upset that Black Widow never got a story. Let's do that and see if we can make some money off of it, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel you on that, Sharon. Kendall, what, uh, what are your thoughts on the film overall? Um, So yeah, I mean, I thought it was, I thought it was a, it was a good movie. Um, I didn't think too much about the, um, about the stakes. Uh, you know, I mean, I feel like once after WandaVision, after Falcon and Winter Soldier, even after Loki, even though we're not done with Loki, uh, maybe we are by the time you're listening to this. But um, it, it, it I, I didn't have this feeling, uh, I, you know, because we had those shows and those shows stakes were very more much more personal and much more about the character i didn't come into this with this end game mindset of all right so you know when's the scroll going to show up or you know when's the fantastic four going to show up or you know when, when's where's colossus like, i wasn't thinking about you know the larger grand scheme of the mcu while i was watching this movie where's the fist yeah <laughs> where's the fist right but i you know i was i was more so watching this just from the lens of um maybe because it's been a year you know, and we hadn't seen this movie. Like, I wasn't, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't like waiting for any of that stuff. It, the, the, my, my mindset, that was stuff that I feel like we talked about like last year going into it before, <laughs> before the movie got pushed back. And it was like, now I'm just like, I just want to see this movie. You know, like whatever, whatever they had, I just want to see it. You know, I'm fine with whatever they got. And it, it wasn't a bad movie. You know, it was, a, it was a good movie. And, um, you know, if I would have put myself back into the mindset when we were having those discussions about, you know, it, you know, it, there's got to be a scroll in this movie, right? You know, <laughs> or there's got to be, you know, some sort of larger connection. We don't know what it is. I probably would have been more disappointed by what we got, right. you know. And so I see why EJ, um, you know, brings that up. Um, but for what we got, I think they, this movie. <laughs> they draws a lot of parallels to a lot of former so a lot of old superhero movies a lot of a lot of a lot of former superhero movies i think a lot about uh x2 you know for a lot of different reasons i think a lot about um iron man 3 you know i think there there's similarities between both those, those two movies particularly and x2 and you know, spider and and, and and x2 and iron man 3 explain explain those similarities to me yeah, which, okay. which Kendall had to explain the X2 to me. Yeah, the X2 is the X2 is pretty deep. Like, there's a lot of X2 stuff. But, you know, it starts, I think, with the Drakov character being a lot like William Stryker. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, you know, kind of that thing of, you know, Natasha's Wolverine, for example, and you've got this person who's in your past who, like, you know, kind of right. tortured you to some extent. Yeah. And, you know, you have this tortured past and you're kind of... you're. you're you haven't seen them in years, you know, you, right. you, and they're, they're back now and they're going after you, that kind of thing. Um, you've got uh, Taskmaster was very similar to Jason Stryker, yeah. you know, um, and we'll talk about Taskmaster, whether or not that was a good, that was a good twist or whatever, but it's a lot of similarities to the Drake, Jason Stryker character. Um, and even the last scene or the last, the, the last arc of the movie on the Red Room is kind of similar to, them at the uh at the dam at the, at the dam, at the dam and you know 
what was it, Alkali Lake? Yes, Al- yeah. yes, Alkali Lake. Uh, Alkali Lake. So it's very, very similar kind of movie. I, I would, I'm willing to bet money that they took beats and they took things mm-hmm. from that movie. Um, in terms of Iron Man three, I think did Feige work on that movie? I the only, I believe only the first one. Yeah, I don't one. think he did. Um, the other, the other, the other one, Iron Man three, I think is more so about the villain. I think they, they they did a job they did a job of building up Drakov in a way that was I think similar to how they built up Mandarin. There was a darkness and a <laughs> you know kind of right. sadistic kind of thing early on in the movie that was very similar to the Mandarin. And look, the Taskmaster thing fell apart. You know, I think it fell apart really like the first time you see him. You kind of oh, so he's a robot. You know, so that but but mm-hmm. the Drakov character I don't think fell. He didn't fell fall off a cliff. The same way Mandarin did. Um, I, yeah, I think the third act, I was a little, you know, I'm like, all right, this isn't as crazy as I thought it was going to be. I think they could have leaned into the Dragoff character more. But the beginning of the movie, in terms of building up a villain, like the Red Room and Dragoff and that whole empire seemed like the darkest and not not most formidable villain because he's not Thanos, but just like, you know, Okay, yeah, the, the, the darkest, these were definitely the darkest beats I think we've maybe ever seen in a Marvel movie. Got the it. first 20 I mean, minutes that, of this movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The first 15, 20 minutes, I mean, the intro, um, you know, the, obviously, the, you know, a lot of people have talked about the Smells Like Teen Spirit uh, song that they had in that intro credits. I mean, it's almost certainly the best intro to any Marvel movie, I think, in terms of, like, you know. Like the, the, the credits, credits and stuff in yeah. the opening, yeah. I mean that was that was crazy. Yeah. Um, and and it was crazy is that I think the the first scene in Ohio when you're watching it is crazy in itself, but when you watch the movie, it becomes a completely different scene and it gets like better. Like it, like a lot of the the nuances of the scene, a lot of the introduction, or a lot of the different character interactions that you didn't really get at the time you get so way more after you see the movie but we'll get to some of that uh as we get into this movie a little bit yeah i uh, i think kendall uh, makes a lot of a lot of great points there to start and you know this movie as kendall mentioned starts in 1995 with uh um alexi and melina who are uh undercover in ohio as uh and they are the uh the kind of like surrogate parents for natasha romanoff and yelena belova these two young girls appear to be living you know pretty much normal american lives and it isn't until shield uh i guess makes them that they decide it's time for them to go on the run and it leads to a very very intense action scene um that ends with uh, them barely making it out of Ohio alive, and with Natasha at you know, I don't know what she's supposed to be, eleven maybe, twelve, very young age, yeah. flying a plane to Cuba, um, where uh, they're actually then um, taking, uh, I don't know if hostages, I guess hostages is the word, uh, you know, um, they basically you know. The jig is up, and the girls are then decided. That, uh, Drakeoff, who meets them there, decides that the girls are not ready to be taken uh, for the Red Room yeah. training, which leads to that just again that very exactly. horrific kind of scene. Um, 
I mean, as we heard Kendall talk a lot about it at the start, Sham, but what did you make of that uh, opening scene, how they introduced everybody? Uh, it was very sad. You know, very sad opening scene, very chilling. You know, I mean, like Kendall said, I mean, kids are being trafficked. You know, we know that's not something that happens now. We know it's a very harrowing experience. I mean, I haven't done, you know... A, a really a deep dive into it i mean the little the few kind of things i know about it are or that it's a very, very scary and horrible thing yeah. to experience yeah, that, that's what's crazy about it not to cut you off know? but that like i was talking to our mom about the movie <laughs> and i was saying how that's you know it's something that you see in like super like superhero shows or like you know television like yeah. you think you know like the runaways dealt with yeah. stuff like that and you think yeah. that this is something that only happens in tv but that's real stuff. Yeah, it's real. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's crazy. Particularly with, um, you know, with with young foreign girls, and you know, being sent wherever, and it's it's a very it's real that really happened. So it was, it was pretty chilling to watch in a, in a Disney Marvel. Movie. Yeah, man. And for it to be portrayed, kind of had to remember this was PG thirteen. Yeah, I was. Yeah. I, it was kind of awkward sitting. We were watching it in, in the theater. It's kind of awkward sitting in the theaters knowing that there's like a lot of little kids in yeah, here. A lot of kids in here. You right. know? Yeah. I'm like this is kind of. This got to be kind of. Yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty know? dark stuff. Yeah, pretty dark. Pretty dark stuff. So yeah, I mean, it was. I mean, it was very. It was very well done. You know. Uh, you know. Shout out to uh, uh, Kate Shortland, I believe. Right. Mm-hmm. She. Yeah. Directed, sure. Yeah. Shout out to her. She did a very good job of portraying. You know. Because that is her backstory. It's Black Widow's backstory. Yes. Or portraying just how how scary uh, having to deal with that is. And, and you know, just how, one strong, of, how strong you have to be. One of the criticisms of this movie was that we didn't see enough of the Red Room. Well, like, her her experiences in the Red Room, we didn't uh, get many flashbacks. Is that something that you guys had a problem with? No, not at all. Not even a little bit. I thought I had seen enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, from Age of Ultron. And... Well, yeah, from everything else, but yeah. also this movie. I, I just like look. I, I think if you go any more graphic, you're getting into kind of our territory. I was about to, I was about to go that route too. I feel like yep. for them, if if you do go down that path, um, you risk either you become a you become a extremely mature, extremely dark movie. Yeah, and I don't think this movie this movie is not a dark movie besides those first twenty minutes at all. Yeah, Which I think is, they talked about yeah. the female genital mutilation. They got in into great that, detail. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Which I and was they, not and, but even that, they even even that they they use as a comic relief it. moment. Yeah. Which they is tried. Like, which is wild, you know. Um, yeah. And I'm not saying wild like it was a bad decision. I'm saying like, like that that goes to show just how dark it would have had to go if you were gonna really yeah. really go deep into that. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. like like that moment is 100 percent an attempt to get laughs. Um. I don't know if there's criticism about that. Uh, I haven't. No one in our theater laughed. Yeah, yeah, that's no, interesting. Awkward. Uh, yeah, and, you know, and I, I watched it with friends at my house, and we all, I think, we were all kind of just like silent. But, but you guys all felt that though, right? That that definitely was not. Oh yeah, that was a gag. Yeah, that was a gag, one hundred percent. Yeah. So it was like dark humor. You know what I'm saying? Really yeah. dark humor. Yeah, yeah. And I didn't think it was bad. I just, I, you know, it's just I didn't laugh. So I was like, that's really dark and terrible. And we knew yeah. that was the case, but. Um, but yeah, just to answer that question, Kendall, like I feel like the further you go, we we know what time it is in terms of what we'd have to see. And I thought I thought to me the opening credit scene is kind of just sets the tone for like this is how it started. You know how this ended. You know what I'm saying? Like you know how this ended. 
Um, you've seen how tortured Natasha has been throughout these all these all these other movies about this experience. Like this, like you've seen enough. You know what I'm saying? And and I and I was okay with that. I was okay with that. I saw enough in that opening credits to be like, yeah, I get it. This this place was um was terrible. But when we get to uh, coming into the future, we know Natasha's on the run. Um, we are introduced to Yelena, and we don't quite sure. No sure. We're not quite sure what she's doing. And then it, it becomes very apparent that they are tracking down a widow who somehow uh, is is I guess you know free. Yes, we don't even know they're free. We don't know what's we don't know what's going on. But right, it, right. It, it becomes quickly apparent that. Uh, these other widows that that along with Yelena, who then becomes free after the, the the girl's able to use the chemicals on her, um, that there has been some uh, some psychological uh, takeover, basically, um, so psychological manipulation to mind control these uh, widows across the world, and this has been an ongoing effort by Drakeoff in the Red Room now to stop these people. Um, uh, yeah, Belova gets free and she's on the run, but now she's now also being targeted and this has become an ongoing thing. It kind of becomes a kind of foundation for the story. It leads her to um, reunite, reuniting with uh, Natasha um, as in her head, the only person that could, uh, you know, help her deal with this kind of thing because she's an Avenger. Of course, Natasha says, well, we're not quite on speaking terms at this moment in terms of the Avengers. Um, and this, that's kind of where this family, quote-unquote family reunion, really is centered around. We then get introduced to uh, the Red Guardian character, Alexi. We then, once again, get reintroduced to Melina later on in the movie. Uh, Kendall, uh, what, what, what were your thoughts on our introduction to Yelena and kind of how they set up the major conflict for this film? It eventually also brings us Taskmaster as the primary uh, person put on this mission to retrieve this uh this antidote to the mind control agent that's been used right um so it's funny one of the things i just wanted to say was that when you mentioned uh the joke about the avengers like i will say that was the part of of the timeline where it's right after civil war that takes me out of the movie i think the most like all the jokes about the avengers are are not a team and I got to, you know, the Avengers are broken up, you know, or, oh, now we're, the family's back together. I can get the other family back. Like, all that stuff was just, like, mm. it's kind of, I don't know, to me, it was kind of stupid. Like, I get, like, they had to keep the, they had to set the, the stage, they had to set the setting. But to me, it was, like, we know how it ends. Like, we see, we saw Infinity War, we saw Endgame. Like, that, mm. that, that is where your point about, those lines would have really hit if it came before <laughs> Infinity War. Right. Yeah, and... And uh, and to add on to that, I feel like the 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 COVID and the distance did not help at all. You're right. Um, that this, was like wow. Point, that was a long time. At this point, you just like I've seen Endgame twenty times. <laughs> yeah. I just want to. I, you know, it's like yeah. I don't care about I've the seen it thirty times since COVID hit. I've had nothing yeah. to do. There are no Avengers as far as I know. <laughs> exactly. <You're just> Sam. <laughs> <laughs> you, know? you know, I just want to know what happened to Black Widow in this movie. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, all that stuff like yeah was kind of awkward, but. In terms of uh, Yelena's introduction and the rest of the family, I mean, you know, I thought, I thought the the interactions with them in, in, in Budapest were were cool. I think another, and not to harp on a lot of the things that people are having problems with, but you know, there's some things people are talking about. Another thing people are talking about was we didn't get 
to see much of Budapest. You know, that was something that seemed to be a given, given that, you know, Hawkeye and Black Widow had bantered about Budapest throughout their time in the MCU. We thought, oh, we're definitely going to get Hawkeye and we're definitely going to see what happened in Budapest. We didn't get to see Jeremy Renner till the end, but we'll talk about that later. But we didn't get to see Jeremy Renner and we got, what, 20 seconds of Budapest, maybe? That's that's probably generous. Um, Do we... Do we feel like that was enough? Personally, I thought it was. Um, I would have liked to have maybe seen, like, like seen more of Drakeoff, you know, at that point. Like, they only showed his daughter. And, look, the whole Drakeoff, Drakeoff's daughter thing, we'll get into that. That's a whole other issue and, you know, whatever. But um, in terms of the the Budapest flashbacks, I didn't really need them. I feel like, I feel like they explained throughout the movie, similar to the stuff with the Red Room, I feel like they explained what happened on Budapest and why they, when they were fighting the Chitari, thought, recollected back on Budapest. Like, I, I get it. You know, they were on the run. They were, you know, and the, we see the Red Room is pretty crazy. So the fact that they were trying to take those guys down, I can see how that was similar to the Chitari. Now, look, I think they cut the teeth to the Red Room a little bit at the end. But, you know, again, that's a whole other conversation. Um, I mean, in terms of my concern, I need to see more. I, I, I guess I didn't expect to see more. You know, there was no word about Jeremy Jeremy Renner being a major part of this movie. Uh, I, I didn't expect him to be a major part of this movie, and to really kind of um, to really kind of play up, you know, his involvement. I think would have, uh, you know, I, I think it, it, it. I don't want to say it would doesn't enhance the movie, sure, but um, this was a, a fairly long movie already. Um, this was about two hours and fifteen minutes. Um, to me, you know, okay, you're adding another, to me, you're adding another arc when you put that in there. So you're adding another 10, 15 minutes onto this movie to include, uh, a significant acting sequence in Budapest. Um, I did think it was weird that like when we, when we, when they talk, when they talk about Budapest in terms of their like kind of interactions, it always, there's always some kind of like, uh, it's kind of like a, you know, telling an old war story kind of jokey kind of thing. And it was, I thought, a little... I didn't mind it, but it was a little weird to me, Sham, for our real only true, like, flashback to Budapest being Natasha making this, you know, just, like, uh, very, very difficult and I think I think most people argue wrong decision to uh, level a whole building that she knows had an innocent girl in there. Um, like, it just... The way they talk about Budapest and, and their their fun times there, like just to see that our our reuniting of what happened in Budapest at that time is seeing her murder some girl is it was a little bit of a weird choice I thought, but I didn't mind it as much because I felt like as Kendall kind of noted and I think as we see with the Black Widows in the beginning that I mean again if. If we're to believe what they've been saying, that, you know, they were ch- tracking Drake off a long time and they were in Budapest and they were fighting these Black Widows. Yeah, I could imagine that was quite the ordeal that probably lasted days or weeks or even months. It was weird, I think, to, to target just that one moment. But for the sake of time, uh, I was kind of cool with that, uh, in my opinion. Yeah, um, I mean, I, honestly, I'm one of the people that didn't that didn't. Uh... I was much more interested in in I, I didn't really care at all about 
you know, Budapest, and I have to see what happened in Budapest. <laughs> I think that's more the Black Widow fans. Right, right, right. Their stands. Yeah. That were like, I gotta see what happened. Yeah, I'm the same. Well, well my thing is like, if you're doing a Black Widow movie, <laughs> I'm like, you might as well show me Budapest. It's, it's, talking yeah, about it for right. years. That was the assumption. I it wasn't like, see what happened you know, yeah. So, so I was kind of like, look, I just want a good movie. You know what I mean? <laughs> so I, I, it didn't, it didn't do really do anything for me, to be completely honest. Um, I mean, I thought in terms of of what they showed. I mean, I, I agree. I think it's a little. Uh, you know, odd to mostly just show her blowing up this building that Drakeoff was, I guess, supposed to be in. So you guys looked at it a different way than I did. Because I viewed that... Sounds like it, yeah. I viewed that more positively. Not to say that, you know, the, the actions were, were negatively, but I thought, when I'm watching the movie and I and I and and it clicks that, oh, Budapest was them taking down the guy who runs the Red Room, like, I, that to me was like, well, now it makes sense. Like, why are they talking about Budapest all the time? Like, like she said, that was her final defection to Shield. Her final, the final aspect, of the final phase of her defection to Shield. Mm-hmm. You know, so it, it 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 added stakes to that Budapest mission. You know, it wasn't just it wasn't just like you know, you know, remember that those crazy, remember that crazy week in Budapest where those guys were chasing those, us those down. Guys were smuggling. Yeah, exactly. It wasn't like it, that would have been like this is kind of stupid. <laughs> like why do we, why do they even talk about that? But like the fact that it was it was Drakov, which again they had built up Drakov so much. That to me, like it only added to his legend even more. That Budapest, was t- them talking about Drakov. So yeah, I, I I viewed it more like, wow, yeah, that's, that, I didn't think about that this whole time. That was even a possibility, but it makes sense. Right. Yeah, I, I yeah, I guess yeah, I guess to me, I just saw it. Yes, it's true that it's significant, and I always thought of it being significant, especially because you know. Um, Loki mentioned it, Drakeoff's daughter in Avengers One. You know, <laughs> right. those. So, so we knew something big happened there, and there was, you know. But I'm just saying, in regards to like the, the the action sequences and seeing all that, like I again, I get anything to me. I didn't need to see that because this movie is a lot of that already. A lot of this movie is fighting and action and running from widows. So, so uh, to me, that would just have been another scene to talk about that aspect of the movie and then to go back to you guys point also again now we're talking about you know pre iron man 2 for a movie that's a prequel for that for a movie that took place after civil war at a time where we're post endgame when this character has died like we're now we're going like super super far back like we're just we're going to time periods where again in my opinion my interest is isn't that high on at this point so i i I didn't need more from Budapest than what we got. In some ways, I felt like this uh, this interaction, it wasn't this, obviously the same, but I think this interaction with her and Elena trying to get out of Budapest was kind of your kind of substitute a little bit for for not seeing that major team up between Clint and, and, and uh, Natasha in Budapest. But it's out, you know, during, this, during these scenes, though, um, well, first of all, uh, any thoughts on just Natasha and the Yelena um, dynamic, which started in this scene and it continues throughout the movie? How'd you guys like it? What about you? Uh, what, I'll go to Shan first. Oh, I thought it was great. I thought Natasha was great in this movie. I thought Yelena was great in this movie. And I thought their dynamic was great in this movie. Um, you know, I, 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 I think they had great chemistry. You know, they had their, their moments. Um, and I think they work 
very well together. So I don't know. I mean, I, I thought it was cool. Worked. Did wow. All right. <laughs> it was a very final. Uh, no hey, scroll, look, man. So no, there's no scroll theory here. <laughs> the period piece. <laughs> but yeah, no, this was, I, I like their chemistry. And, you know, Scarlett Johansson did a fantastic job throughout the entire movie. I thought she had great chemistry with everyone. I thought same thing with Florence Pugh. I thought she, people were saying she kind of stole the show. I, I tend to agree. I thought she was very, very good in this movie. Yep. And, um, you know, their banter back and forth was, was, was a joy, you know? I mean, they had been through this whole struggle in the red room together. So yeah. they had that, that familiarity with yeah. Drake off and everything yeah. that was going on. So, yeah, there, there was, there was some weird things with the family dynamics in this movie. You know, it kind of went back and forth sometimes in my head because I'm like, you know, like, I, you know, Shamari brings up a good point about how they went through a lot together. And I think those, you know, there because there's points in the movie where, like, they're like, you know, I'm not, you're not even my sister, blah, blah, blah. It's yeah. all fake. And then then there are points where it's like they're, you know, it's like they've known each other for two decades. And it's, so it's, and maybe that's the point, you know, is that it is very kind of, you know, very confusing kind of situation. But then there's good, there's good, there's good and bad. It's supposed to be the whole Russian double double agent Russian spy. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Is, yeah. Is, am I re, am I in or am I out? Yeah. Um, I think more so with the with the Red Guardian and Melina characters. Mm-hmm. You know, I think by the end, once you learn the whole thing, you're. I kind of am like, I don't know if. I'm I'm surprised they're all so friendly. I mean, I know three years is a long time, but you know, <laughs> it's, it's a crazy story. Um. So yeah, that was that was definitely awkward, but I mean, yeah, Florence Pugh um, did an excellent excellent job. You know, I I do wonder, you know, this is one of those situations where I'm like, you know, did they, did they? I mean, we'll see how much Yelena Belova is featured and what she ends up doing. We know obviously she'll be in in Hawkeye, but um, it, you know, I do I do wonder if there's a situation where they've casted someone who's too good for the role, like you know. Is, was there another character in the MCU that they could have given the Florence Pugh? And that may seem that that may sound crazy, but I mean, she did an excellent. I mean, do you, I mean, do you have doubts that Yelena won't be a front and center figure in whatever Marvel? I mean, next if there are is? any doubts, it's not it's not because of Florence Pugh. If there or if there is any, I, reason, I mean, I'm, I'm saying from based on what you've seen from this movie, right? I mean, the only it, it, well, the only reason I would. I wouldn't say the only reason, but one of the only reasons I would is because Florence Pugh was so good mm-hmm. that I feel like they can't bury they can't bury her character. Um, you think they want to bury her character? Not that they want to bury her character, but you know, look, I mean, again, we'll get into the the, the post credit scene. But I mean, you know, she's she's on right now. She's on the same level as as John Walker. You know, who I mean, like John Walker was was good, but I don't expect John Walker to be in every MCU project. You know, he's not going to be an Avenger. So. Um, you know, I, I don't know. I just think about there are other characters that other female characters that'll be coming up in the next couple of years that they got from Fox that, you know, would have would, certainly would have been bigger mm. characters. But, you know, I don't know. We'll see. Mm. <laughs> we'll see. But right. they were, undoubtedly, though, they, this was an excellent casting. You know, like having Florence Pugh, you know, um, was that was, I mean, it was terrific casting. And, you know, again, more reason why you want to see more of this character. So. Hopefully, Marvel will give the people what they want. Yeah. Speaking of uh, this family, as Kendall mentioned, well, before we get more into the family, um, this also is our, our introduction to Taskmaster. 
Uh, we see um, Taskmaster running the, running down Natasha uh, when she unknowingly has, uh, well, when she knows she has this this antidote thing, but she doesn't know what it means. It's on her way to finding y- uh, Yelena, where she's first run down by Taskmaster, and then Taskmaster in Budapest runs them down again. Um, I've said I said this. I don't know. If I, I didn't. I don't think I tweeted much about this movie. But I, I felt like to me, whatever you would have wanted from the Taskmaster character in the first half of this movie, I feel like you mostly got outside of the charisma that you expect from Taskmaster. Just from the the physical action, the physical threat standpoint, I thought that Taskmaster really. I mean that. I mean Taskmaster was a Terminator. You know. I mean it was legit. Fear, legit threat. Every time he was on the screen, that somebody was about to die. It was very reminiscent to me, a little bit of uh, of uh, Winter Soldier, and I was I was impressed. I was I was a little surprised, honestly, because the Taskmaster feedback from the people who had first seen this movie had been very up and down. Um, but there were some people who did like it, and then I, I understood what they were saying after watching this movie. I said, "Yeah, I mean, I thought the first half." Taskmaster as an action threat was I I thought tremendous you know I mean him throwing that shield down <laughs> down those escalators uh uh and obviously you know the scene on the on the on the um on the bridge fighting Natasha like I mean they they were the, the Taskmaster had some really great moments of action and I felt like it seemed like as soon as that that see last scene of that chase in the subway ended. That pretty much to me was when the Taskmaster character ended from being anything more than just uh uh I don't know. There just really wasn't much to Taskmaster after that. We you know we when they when they run when they when they uh they track them down to the house and we realize you know we realize now that it was all kind of a double triple cross. But um but you know I expected a fight scene at the house. We didn't get that. Uh, the fight scenes uh, with Taskmaster, you know, at the Red Room helicarrier, we didn't see as much there. We get the reveal, which was, um, I just was not a fan of, and I think I, I want to talk about that maybe now. Um, and then, you know, and then at the very end, you know, we don't get that much of a fight because, you know, Natasha is able to, to free Antonia, who is revealed to be the Taskmaster character after Drakov had, uh, um, had, had, you know, saved her life from the explosion and implanted this chip in her that allowed her to, to basically kind of study and download the fighting styles of any other person. Hence, why she has uh, the the proficiency in fighting like a lot of the Avengers. Um, to me, and I go, to, I ask Kendall how he feels about it. Like I, I said this before, you know, I saw a tweet that said, you know. I forgot what it said, but basically it was on the lines of, you know, here we go again with Marvel. And it showed the Mandarin, it showed Ralph Boner, and it showed uh, some other person. And uh, I tweeted, I was like, yo, Marvel, they're the only people who, who who find this crap cute. You know, like, they're the only people who find taking these very important, iconic characters, these characters that 100% drive interest into these films or into these projects... And turn them on their head into either something funny or into not even sometimes something funny, but just something that like nobody's asking for or would want. Um, I'll be honest, I'm a little tired of Marvel 
using very prominent characters as plot devices to keep me invested only to have zero payoff. Yeah, and 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 and, 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 like, and I've, I've had enough. Like it's 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 not cute. It's not interesting. It's not artistic. It's just lame. This is not good. I don't know why they keep doing. I don't know. They're the only person. The only people who wanted Antonio to be Taskmaster was people at Marvel. There's not one person who watched this film. Not one person who was looking into this film thought, "Hey, you know, it would be a great twist somehow if Antonia was Taskmaster." And nobody wanted that twist to be the way they executed, which was actually see someone who's highly deformed, who doesn't speak, who, who can't do anything but only fight. Basically, nobody asked for that. Yeah. And, and only and, and 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 when I hear the, the you know the response and how they you know uh, uh, the the screenwriter who I you know I thought Pearson did a good job of the script for the most part I'm not here to be for Eric Pearson who uh, did the screenplay but you know I I read the reactions of where they got to this moment and it just doesn't make sense to me so this was uh, a to me a, a annoying moment I can't even say I was that disappointed because it was expected as soon as they introduced the Antonia thing I'm like that's Taskmaster. And we flirted, we talked about it on our podcast that the idea that Taskmaster could be a woman, which is why we saw so little of anything about the person. They were all in full gear. And the fact that obviously you have a female led superhero, two female led superheroes, you count Yelena, that it wouldn't make sense that there would be a female involved as a villain. This was uh this this was a extremely disappointing to me. Um and yeah, I mean I think Taskmaster, um, it was interesting because Shamari about the week, two weeks leading up into the movie, kept telling me that he had a theory on Taskmaster, uh, and that if it was true, that he he wasn't gonna like it <laughs> I, for a while. But I don't know what he's talking about, but you know, well, I was telling you, Kendall, yeah, he like, was telling like, me. I'm seeing because I had seen and and not to not to I'm gonna let you go right right, right yeah, yeah, but I had seen people saying Taskmaster just from reactions from people that had seen it. Say, Taskmaster, yeah. I was like, ooh, you know. And then, and then, what really got me was they showed the Taskmaster featurette, which right. I shouldn't have watched. Right. But they showed Taskmaster featurette, and they showed Taskmaster getting plugged in a chip, getting plugged in in the back of his head. <laughs> and I was like, oh boy, here we go. Yeah. And I ended up in the air. I'm like, oh no. And it's funny, like that last the last time Shamari told me it was like a day or two before the movie, yeah. and it really clicked in my head. I was yeah. like, what if Taskmaster is a robot? <laughs> I didn't tell Shamari because I didn't want Shamari to tell me what it was because I knew he had seen a little bit more. But I was like, my head, I was like, I think Shamari's talking about this guy being a robot. And they, in the beginning of the movie, when they show the chip being pointed, I looked at Shamari, I was like, yep, that's what I thought. Shamari, like, yep, that's what I was saying. And <laughs> it is interesting how the movie goes on and they, they reveal that he's not necessarily, or she's not necessarily really a robot, but. I mean, for all intents and purposes, the characters are still. I mean, she's, she's, she's barely human now. Yeah, yeah exactly. For the robot. first, yeah, for the, especially for the first hour of the movie, it's a robot until you realize that it's a it's a human. But, um, look, I you know I I was concerned about the Taskmaster character when I had heard that it was kind of suspect, um, because I thought Taskmaster was the villain of this movie. But after seeing it, like he's not the villain or she's not the villain, no. so I can't be. I can't be that upset about, to me, like, a secondary villain. And, you know, it's, like, Dracoff is the villain in the movie. Taskmaster is very similar to, like, Talon, you know, of the Court of Owls. Um, you know, it's, there is a lot of Mandarin, like EJ mentioned, in that Taskmaster is a, you know, 
the big villain in the MCU in the Marvel universe to just you know knock you know, yeah the chess pieces knock off the off the chessboard and say we used Taskmaster we wasted Taskmaster and Black Widow um, and we didn't even have a great character he wasn't even the villain like or she wasn't even the villain like it it, it was it was a bizarre decision like that person didn't have to be Taskmaster like that the only reason you made that person that person Taskmaster was to sell toys and sell tickets. Right. Because you know that Black Widow isn't a A-plus attraction. Mm-hmm. They could have, like, Iron Man 3, or Iron Man 2, rather, had Whiplash as a villain. Whiplash isn't, a, isn't an A-list Marvel character. I don't care if Whipla- Whiplash is messed up. Because it's <laughs> Whiplash. <laughs> you know, like, and but they didn't need to put, they didn't need to put a, a, an A-plus Iron Man villain or Marvel villain in Iron Man 2 because they felt like he could sell the tickets anyway. And they had um, War Machine coming too. Yes, exactly. They had War Machine coming. And, and they, of course... They had uh, the Fury and they had yeah, Black Widow. They had Black Widow as well, yes. You know? So they had things to sell the movie. You know, Taskmaster was featured prominently in the promotion. And it was a little disingenuous. Not to say that Taskmaster didn't play a role in the movie, but... Again, not the villains. We didn't see Drake at all in any of the promotion, which I commend them because it threw me off. Threw me off when I was watching the movie. I was like, "Oh, this guy's a villain." But again, if you're gonna do that to Taskmaster and then you know pull the rug, that's kind of for a lot of people. You know, it's it's kind of sneaky, kind of <laughs> sneaky marketing, shady marketing. But um, yeah, so I don't have as big a problem with it, only because of only because they're not the villain in terms of it affecting the movie. If you want to be upset about, you know, taking the Taskmaster character off the board, that's a whole nother issue. You know, I mean, look, that's was the problem with the Mandarin, you know, and they brought the Mandarin back. So, you know, I don't know. Maybe they'll do another Taskmaster. But at that point, that just becomes kind of goofy. It's like, oh, you mess up a character and you're just going to do him over again. But, you know, the Tony Masters character, you know, in the comics, you know, is one of the better Marvel villains um, they featured him prominently in animated forms in video games, and this was his supposed to be the Taskmaster debut. And I honestly don't have a problem with it being Drakeoff's daughter, but they botched the Drakeoff's daughter character and the story. I think completely not really, exactly. really, but I feel like you mentioned the deformity, like. They didn't have to. They didn't have to do as much to the daughter as they did to sell that Natasha. What Natasha did was suspect. Mm-hmm. Like you didn't have to make her just, mute. Just the action alone was was enough. Was already suspect. If you would have, she could have had a scar on her face. She could have had the same thing, but at least she was talking something like that. You know, you know maybe Macy's miss, be... missing an arm, like the you know, like like a throat, like a like a what's it called? Um, yeah, Winter Soldier. Winter Soldier. Yeah, Bucky. Like. They didn't have to do all of that, you know. I don't know. I I don't I don't know if I'm missing something about the Budapest story, but like, why, why was Drakov not as affected as her? Was it because she was at the front? Like, I don't know. I don't think Drakov was in the building. Yeah, was yeah, he yeah, not I even there. He was there? Yeah, okay, so he wasn't even there. That's where the whole thing of like, you know, like. That's why uh, the kill. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And Yelena's like, "Did you confirm the kill?" Blah blah blah. No, he's like, "Well, then." Yeah, he was probably in the sky. Then, you know, yeah, he may yeah, have been right. in the sky. But yeah, no. I mean, 
Yeah, to me, um, Taskmaster, not not a not a terrible character, but I also think they just bossed it because if you make, if if you would have made, also the Drakeoff Drakeoff's daughter getting blasted, like all those moments of Natasha, like at the end, talking to Drakeoff or Drakeoff's daughter about like what happened like i'm just like she doesn't even remember like she doesn't even remember first of all she can't talk to you but second of all like she doesn't like she was what 10 like like i don't know like that if you would have made her older if you would have showed them interacting earlier in the movie like or even if you would have shown them interacting like it was just i don't know it was strange to me and it was also strange that how young was she in that and then how'd she get so old but yeah, natasha the, the actress olga korelenko who plays uh the older to play Taskmaster is forty-one years old. She's forty-one. So that it, also it, was a, was a was a weird thing with that. I, I wasn't. I didn't know that anybody else picked up on that, but I was just like, that threw me off a little bit. I, I like after seeing it, I was like, it jumped. Like for for me to tell me that this is what fifteen years. Like she like she was like eight, and now oh. all of a sudden, so yeah, I don't know. Um, and also Taskmaster in general, there wasn't a big fan of what they did with Taskmaster. I know EJ, you liked it a little better than I did. Yeah. Um, even early, it was very, um, very emphasis, very, again, talent, very, um, you know, fly smasher. You know, not a whole, just coming out of nowhere, doing stuff, but wasn't, didn't say anything. Like, it was just, it, you know, it was just, it was just a bother. What was the guy from, uh, from, from Legends of Tomorrow? That we, oh um uh, uh what's his name uh <laughs> that we ended up finding you know, Vandal out Vandal Savage no not Vandal Savage oh, okay. the guy who was like the bounty hunter oh yeah <laughs> the Chronos right Chronos the bounty yeah. hunter Chronos like it, that's how it felt <laughs> it was like ta- get Taskmaster out of here like you know the story wasn't about Taskmaster so yeah I not a big fan yeah man but again it doesn't ruin the movie because you know it's a secondary film yeah yeah Taskmaster boy where where do I start. Uh, where do I start with Taskmaster? No, I mean honestly, I just I, I, I echo Kendall's sentiments. Um, I'm not a fan of the Taskmaster twist. Not a fan. I, I wasn't a fan from the jump. Once, well, all the, once they showed the chip, yeah. Really, once I saw the chip in the trailer, but once they showed the chip going in the, in the brain, I was like, yeah, this is this is a wash. Yeah. Next villain, next movie. I almost would have preferred Taskmaster just be a robot. I know that sounds crazy. I kind of agree, truthfully, but because I, I, basically, yeah, yeah, but I, yeah, I, I kind of agree too. You know, so it's just, yeah, they mess it up. So they show Taskmaster being, you know, getting inserted the chip, and it's like, oh, Taskmaster downloads the, the data from all the Avengers. I'm like, oh, that's whack. Yeah. You know, just off the jump, I'm like, all right, that's whack. You know. Um, even man or woman, I'm like, that's whack. He's like, yeah. you, didn't, you didn't try, you didn't, it's not a superpower. It's just yeah. some kind of, it's just some kind of, some kind of, like, you know, just some augmentation, <laughs> yeah, some it's, cyborg. It's data. You know, it's like... You know this, not to go into anime or anything. And I just, and I think to me, what would have made it dope too, because like, uh, what this movie references, like you know, Marvel has a pretty big backstory now. Like there's a there's a, right. there's a deep catalog. Like the idea that some crazy person is out there with photographic memory, and it's photographic, exactly. it is studying the moves of people, and they can actually on the fly go and and, and fight them and mimic their yeah. style. Like that actually would have been dope, considering. We there actually is a history with these characters, you know. The idea exactly. that you know it was nothing that was earned; it was just something that was manufactured. You know, it didn't. I don't think honestly, I don't think yeah. it bothered me as much as you guys, but it definitely wasn't as cool as Taskmaster actually is. You know. Yeah. No. I mean, yeah. It it it, it 
straight up it just it didn't work um you know i didn't uh i didn't see the twist coming i probably should have seen the twist coming I didn't um, see you coming until like the last. That's wild. I I I yeah, I, I, I almost immediately was like, yeah, that's. As soon as they told the Antonio, I'm like, that is definitely trash master. Yeah. Like, oh man, this is gonna be terrible. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was bad. I mean, it, it really did not work. I saw. I was like, oh, all right. I mean, I I guess. You yeah. Know. Yeah, they they really ruined the, the character. I I also agree with Ken on that it didn't ruin the movie because the villain wasn't just Taskmaster. Right. Um. So Taskmaster was just a tool, uh, literally, like, had no thought or anything. Yeah. You literally just press a button, go find that person, you know? So, so, uh, but yeah, they, I mean, they really messed it up. I mean, I was looking forward to seeing Taskmaster through the trailers. Look like he had, a, you know, the Avengers abilities, copying their fighting styles. Um, and yeah, it didn't work. I mean, we had theorized, we had talked about the whole female Taskmaster theory before, and it did not work, uh, or, or I mean, I mean, I, I didn't have an issue with with it just it being a female and just in general. Yeah, right. yeah. Nah. Um, I you yeah, know, like, right, yeah. you know, female Taskmaster. All right, let's see, let's see, yeah, how it works. But this was just boy. Um, so yeah, I think this is probably the biggest. This is the biggest thing that took away from the movie, uh, by far, for me. And it's uh, wild because I feel like to me, like, and I, I, under, I, I understand why it would take away from the movie. It almost, like, part I guess what on did because I, I, I feel like I identified it early. But part of the reason also is that again, Marvel pulls this crap. I'm like numb to it. Like, it's just like, all right, here we go. Like here's and, I, and like, you know, other DC has done it too. I don't want to just make it all about Marvel, but like Marvel seemed to, like I think Marvel pulls the rug out from even more, like, offensively than even DC does with some of these films where it's like. Everything looks and sounds like the per- thing you think it is, and it's something that is totally different and totally lame. It's so- it's never something that you would enjoy or could could say, oh, I could see that twist in how that actually is kind of cool. Like, there's nothing about it that makes sense. And what's annoying is, again, that they use these plot devices as ways to actually sell tickets and b- get people engaged in these films. I'm not saying that Taskmaster, uh, you know, they gain an extra $10 million from the boss office, but... The overall engagement excitement for the movie did heighten when we knew Taskmaster was a part of it. To sell us this, again, it just looked like you needed another reason to, to, to bring us to the theater, but you actually weren't committed to doing anything that would that would involve uh, doing a accurate and, and a, a true, um, honest portrayal of the Taskmaster character. And it's like for what? I would have you could have made that you could have made Antonia just some you could have made up a character. Which is the other thing too is that like, like you could have made up a character, totally original, that did not have to be Taskmaster and left Taskmaster still to be someone who could be coming in the future, and this none of this movie would it actually would have went off better at least it wouldn't have been something that like, oh like you know, it wouldn't have been like an offense that they create a character that I'm just like ah I wasn't crazy about Antonia being this person. You know, they could have created any kind of physical threat. It didn't have to be Taskmaster. They didn't have to do it this way. And it was um, it was a shame that they did. But let's uh, let's talk about this uh, this final act. So after the family, uh, the quote unquote family gets together, they first they break out uh, Alexi, who I, I think Alexi was a really great uh, addition to this film um, as Red Guardian. He was, uh, you know, I, I kind of like his boastfulness. You know, he, he definitely is not afraid to cap a little bit, no pun intended, when it comes to 
what he's been able to accomplish in terms of saying, oh, I went toe-to-toe with Captain America and <laughs> considers him, uh, you know, kind of like a, a contemporary. But, uh, but, but after they break off, uh, Alexi from the, from the St. Petersburg uh, jail, which uh, I thought that that was one of the stronger scenes of the film, which we expected because we saw a lot of the, the stuff um, in, the, uh, in the trailer. They, they, they didn't go to meet with Melina. That's where the plans divide. Not to the thought of, not to the, uh, to the, to the, to the knowledge of uh, Alexi or Elena about how they're going to do this double turn, and 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 basically try to trick Drake off in this position, try to take them down. But, uh, but they get to where the Reverend Room is at the quote unquote Melina, who we now know is Scarlett with uh, Scarlett Johansson, aka uh, Black Widow, um, takes them to where the uh helicarrier is located and that's how we we learn where the red room has been and why they've been under radar and undetected for all of these years uh kendall what was your thoughts and just kind of how obviously we talked a lot about the taskmaster aspect but besides that that reveal how did you like the rest of the final act i thought the 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 i thought the acting between scarlett johansson and ray winstone who plays Drakeoff in that kind of face-to-face i thought those scenes were really intense and really good um yeah i mean i thought those scenes were good uh i think Drakeoff. i think this movie probably was a little hurt by the amount of levity that they gave it in the second and third act given how much they 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 played up the the darkness of of everybody's past that you know, I feel like Drakeoff didn't maybe necessarily live up to the height. Um, you know, there was definitely, you know, that sort of sleazy, you know, <laughs> I hate to say Roger Ailes kind of, kind of, kind of character, kind of figure um, that <laughs> with with Drakeoff, but um, but I, I didn't get the sense that you know, like. To me, I, well, first of all, there's a lot of a lot of a lot of things with the red room that um, one of the things that that I that I wasn't that I was a little surprised by and probably not as big a fan of is that they didn't really get much into any sort of Cold War politics or political aspect of the red room. Um, you know, they kind of teased it in the intro, but they didn't. <laughs> that just wasn't in the movie at all. Um, and I mean, it's a little surprising. You know, I thought that the red room would be very similar to Hydra with the Nazis. I thought that the USSR probably would, would have worked closer. Maybe they did, but we didn't, there was no connection to that. Um, and of like to have seen, I guess, I don't know, more of the red room, you know, like more of their, their, not, not necessarily the, the, the base, but just like more of their, what, what their operations reach. Yeah, exactly. What more, what, what, what is their reach? Um, they kind of took them. I don't say they took them out pretty easily. They, but. they had a little bit of Drake Hall kind of showing his uh, cerebro, like again, you talk about the X Men, um, right? Uh, yeah, right. X Men influence, like showing his cerebro, all the, the little girls that he had, basically. Yeah, you know, in the in the recruiting database, you know, it's definitely sicko right. mode, definitely sicko mode stuff from this clown. Um, yeah. So they they showed a little bit of that, I think, uh, but they could they could have gone further, potentially. X-Men. Yeah, you know, I think they they took a. I, I feel like as they're going up to the red room and they, and they do that shot where they say, Oh, now we're at the red room. Like, 
Um, I feel like they the 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 they were at the peak or the pinnacle of like, all right, yo, like they have a base in the air, like this is crazy, like this is crazy stuff. But I feel like every like once they got on base, I feel like the 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 you know whatever sort of hype that was built with those cat with that during with that thing, I think it fell a little bit. But um, I thought I thought the the story going back to what I said at the at the beginning um, about that opening sequence, I feel like that opening sequence was good when you watch it in, in time in real time but when you think back on it after having seen the movie you think about um like the interactions that they have and you think about when you know melina is 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 looking at you know natasha after they talk about you know after uh alexi talks about how they're going on an adventure and you know how elaine is excited about it because she hadn't been to the red room, but Natasha is clearly like, this is, is going to be terrible. And, you know, Melina, you know, apologizes because she knows that she knows that you're, she's going to the red room and Melina had been in the red room. So she knew the experience as well. Yeah. So that's why she says, I'm sorry. Um, and, and, you know, you think about Natasha being able to fly the plane, that seemed kind of goofy in real time. You realize, oh, she had already been trained at that point. So, I mean, Maybe it's still hard, but it's not like it's not an impossibility. Um, at that point, the you know I thought I even think about when she's on when they're on the plane and Elaine is like, "Are we gonna you know wait for Dad or is Dad gonna come?" And Melina's like, "She's he's gonna be all right," you know. Like I, that was at the time I was like, "Damn, that, that's kind of hard," <laughs> but like. And, but one, one, she realizes he's a super soldier. So she, in, in, in that regard, she's like, he'll be all right. But also, like, it's all a, it's all a farce anyway. She's like, I don't really care if he makes it. It's part of the mission. If he doesn't make it, whatever. You if, know, he dies, if he dies, he dies. Yeah, 100%. So it wasn't... It's funny. There were actually was a parallel to the Drago and Drago's wife thing as well. I didn't even yeah. pick up on that. Yeah, definitely. But, but yeah, no, I mean, that, that, that was... So all of those different moments made way more sense after having seen that after having seen that uh that movie yeah. for sure shamari uh thoughts on the red guardian character yeah i mean i i mean i liked red guardian i mean i like david harbour a lot i thought he was mm-hmm. great in uh stranger things right and um i haven't seen hellboy but uh you know i'm sure he's good in that role as well <laughs> but um but yeah i mean i thought he was great in this role uh, you know, I mean, um, and he's obviously he's more retired Red Guardian. Um, he he him and Florence Pugh, I thought, really kind of stole the show in terms mm-hmm. of their their um, just the writing and their dialogue, and um, and also I think that they they did a good job of of um, of really portraying like like Russian like 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 deep russian soldiers yeah which for me is funny because david harbour is going against russians in the last stranger thing season so it's just funny right, to yeah. play a russian but um but yeah i mean i thought he was cool i mean it, there wasn't a whole lot of action i think I'll, I, I think i would say i was probably expecting maybe a little more action um but i mean he is retired so i mean it makes sense um and yeah one thing I, i'm glad about with regards to red guardian is that he's still around 
I'm yeah. expecting to see him. Yeah, I think soon. we will. Um, I think we're going to see him soon in something else. I mean, I, I heard David Harper just said, like, this was one of the biggest roles of his life, if not the biggest. Yeah, yeah anytime, not- anytime you get that Marvel, you're in that Marvel picture, it's yeah, it's potentially game-changing. So, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, so so I think we're going to see a lot of Red Guardian. But, yeah, this was this was great. I, I thought he was fantastic in the role. Um, uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing more of him. And I thought they did a smart thing of kind of showing, okay, yes, he's part of this terrible thing that they did with these girls with the red room. But I think they kind of removed some of the stench in terms of his involvement when you see, hey, he's like, hey, man, I signed up to be, you know, Russia's Captain America, and they got me doing this stupid-ass mission. <laughs> um, you know, then, you know, obviously he kind of realized, you know, when Yelena kind of talks about, hey, this mission was my life and it was important to me whatever and you know you guys were really like my parents um and then you see that he was sad about it but like i thought it was smart to kind of detach him from any interest in really the red room he just wanted to be a hero uh and this is kind of just the 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 gig that he was given after getting all that and to see that even after all that happened um in ohio he gets in prison (laughs) shortly after that um and, and 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 so he's not even involved with the Red Room after that incident. So I thought just from terms of moving him forward and you feeling good about his character, I feel like you... Because you, there could be argument, like, okay, this guy was, like, you know, dealing with young children that he was sending to the Red Room. Like, how could he be heroic? But when you kind of when they kind of explain his character a little bit, I thought that was kind of um, savvy to distance himself from even wanting to be a part of the whole thing. And him feeling like this was going to just be his thing to eventually lead him to be, you know, again, Russia's Captain America, to then seeing that he was even imprisoned for uh, for what happened with uh, with them almost being captured in uh, in Ohio. Um, I think we're 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 about to the point where we should probably give scores soon, but I do quickly want to um, talk about the the end and the and uh, the in the uh, you know post credit scene. So. Obviously, they end, and, and Natasha is able to wake Taskmaster out of her, you know, uh, her mind control situation. And they kind of go their separate ways with Natasha, you know, telling them they'll be fine, while Yelena uh, and and uh, and Melina and Red Guardian kind of take the Widows who have now been freed, and they're going to go do their thing. We don't know what that will be, but that seems to be the way they're going, while Natasha, as she's being surrounded by bunch of agents of uh of 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 ross appears to be moments from being captured so this is where theory number one i think i want to make sure i get on this podcast is is what i want to say because then we see two weeks later uh she is gets a a quinjet from mason uh who is doesn't seem to be anyone other than just who he is i guess but he's just an arms dealer so to speak not but, uh, yes he is he was not taskmaster which a lot of people thought he would be um but that's a red herring so <laughs> uh, <laughs> but um but we see two weeks she you know she he gets her a twin jet after giving him her a lot of crappy you know supplies earlier the generator that didn't work and the, the terrible helicopter she gets her a twin jet and allows her to go and help uh cap free uh sam and and clint from um from uh from the from the prison that they're in and, and of course uh ant man because of what happened with civil war 
a lot of questions goes with why what happened two weeks later why why did we not see what happened two weeks later how is she just free and and now off to help help you know save some more heroes how'd she get out how'd she get out what happened I know Shamari, I think someone said earlier that there didn't seem to be any any indication or any uh, thought that scrolls or anything is involved. I actually think that there's a chance that that two weeks is very significant. And the reason why we didn't see it is because Natasha may have been body snatching those two weeks. And I don't know what a percentage I would put on it, but it's such a bizarre directorial move to put in that thing and not show us anything and then when you ask Caitlin Shortland Kate Shortland what happened it's just oh well you know it's up to the, the viewer to kind of interpret what those yeah. two weeks I don't even like, know what happened like no they that's a major event like she was arrested somehow she's free now she's out to to, to she's a fugitive out to get more people who are fugitives on the loose that doesn't make sense that that's something that you wouldn't show so I'm leaning to the fact that I, I I think that there's a chance that she's a scroll or there's something that went down with that. That I don't think that was nothing. That two weeks later, all of a sudden things are good. And two weeks is a very specific amount of time. Um, something is going on here, and I just think that needed to be said. That's so, <laughs> yeah, the two weeks thing is interesting. Um, so all the all the theories, all the. Yeah, the theories are turning, right? Mephisto, Blue Marvel. <laughs> no, no, I'm just kidding. This isn't that, that part of it. <laughs> no, I... It's funny, because a lot of people have had the issue with the two weeks and, you know, her... Them not showing how she got out, got away from Ross. And it's it's interesting, because I when, when I was watching it, I didn't think hard about it. I just assumed that she would get out the same way she got out the entire movie... You know, I think they kind of that was kind of a, a trope or a thing throughout the entire movie that she would be able to she was able to get out of almost yeah, any situation. Yeah, you know, it was almost a, a trope throughout her entire time in MCU. So this idea that she wasn't going to be able to get away from Thaddeus Ross and you know his his people, I wasn't as concerned about it. Um, but you know, at the same time, there are good arguments that you know there didn't seem to be any line of escape. So what if they're all scrolls? And she and she seemed she seemed very just like okay with being captured. Yeah, well, I mean what if what if they all scrolls? One hundred percent. I think that's I think that's one hundred percent possible. Widow's I, a scroll, Ross is a scroll. Yeah. They all scrolls. That would be crazy. I think that's one hundred percent possible. I think, I think Ross that, was a scroll and though that army of people were scrolls. Or maybe even maybe if it's just Ross. Like it doesn't even have to be all of them. Yeah. Maybe Ross if Ross was a scroll and then he you know, he, he made it he did a switch. You know, a switcheroo or something like that. I mean, that would be that would be crazy. Um, but I, the only problem with the scroll theory goes back to the things that we talked about prior to this movie. You know, I mean, this is the more practical stuff we were just going to be discussed. Yeah, you know, I I think had she been a scroll, first of all, that's something that I feel like you definitely could have revealed in this movie. That's what I would have expected. Was that the post credit scene would have been them back on Vormir or her back on Vormir and them showing that the body at the bottom at the bottom is a scroll. And they can still do that. There's nothing wrong. I, I think they're wait I think they're waiting for a bigger moment. Right. And you know, like um, we talked about it a little bit and, on, on, on uh on I forgot what other shows we were talking about. But I I think these mo- these moments that we're expecting 
a major scroll reveal. I just don't know if you're ever going to see it in a, a Disney Plus show or even a prequel movie. Like, I, I, like, I don't think that's going to happen. Right. Um, I think it's going to happen. It's going to happen in the Secret Invasion show or it's going to be in some other big time movie. I, I just don't think those things are happening. You know, in these instances, the, the, the problem, the, the thing that still remains kind of weird about the scroll theory and why I just can't, I don't buy it until, unless Kevin Feige gives me a deep explanation as to how this happened and what happened. It's not impossible, but it's just, it's just very weird. Is why was, why was Natasha, why did Natasha, the scroll, sacrifice herself on Vormir and not Hawkeye? Like, and keep, because she didn't have to, she could have just let Hawkeye die. But she didn't, and that was something that you would think actual Natasha would do, not a scroll. Now I don't know, maybe maybe the situation with a scroll doesn't know they're a scroll. Maybe I don't know. And the other problem, yeah, there definitely are. There definitely are scrolls that are sleeper cells. That's right. possible. I also the think there's a possibility that the, there's also the possibility to me that um, I think it can go the other way. I think the Natasha that died could be real, but that the Natasha maybe we saw before that was a scroll. I, I how, like, how did that happen? You mean like in the five years? At any point in time, somehow there was a swap. But I don't that 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 would throw me off. I thought we were talking more of a no. I think it's more likely, obviously, that that I, I think it's more likely that it's the other way around. I'm saying though, it, you could do it. You could do it any other. You could do it anyway. Is what I'm saying. Right. And then the other, yeah. I I don't know. I I, I would be almost positive that if it was a scroll, that the scroll would have been the one that died. Because why would you even do the reveal if she's dead? Like, I feel like the only reason you would do that reveal is to reveal that the one that died was actually a scroll. I mean, I mean, Black be, Widow is still out there. To be completely honest, real life. I feel like the, even with all the theorizing we're doing, I feel like this shouldn't be... We shouldn't have to bend over backwards to try to explain this to the, your average movie goer right. or your average person. They shouldn't have to go back to Infinity War and be like, okay, wait a second. You know, but I thought, you know, and I think that's one of the issues with Secret Invasion and, and with how when when it gets too deep right. into like the conspiracy. <laughs> I think this is what happened with WandaVision. We were like, wait, so this is Reed Richards right. and this is it. And, and they're not there yet. Right. They're right. not even there. So and the I, other problem was going to be the Red Skull aspect where Red Skull doesn't know. Red Skull doesn't know that she's a scroll. And why, you know, he seemed at that point to be otherworldly or out of the world. <laughs> and he's talking about, like, yeah, somehow. you're. Like some kind of watcher. Or yeah, some kind of watcher. And he's like, you know, Igor Romanov, daughter of Igor Romanov, and this one <laughs> Romanov. And I'm like, how does he know all this? And if he's a scroll, then why didn't he point out that it was a scroll? I mean, again, maybe he just didn't know. But maybe, or maybe the scroll's power is that crazy. But you know, some of the stuff. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I don't know. But I, I'm very, and you guys know me, man. You bring up I, good I'm, points. I'm very, yeah, EJ, you do bring up good points. Um, I, I do think it's possible there was some kind of some kind of switcheroo um, at some point. I mean, I, I mean, look, if if this is if this is a, a long work for Secret Invasion, they're gonna have to. My we, we're gonna need like a whole episode, like a whole like forty minute episode that's just dedicated to explaining this what happened mean. in various points. I mean, um, what if what if that what if that Thing, what if that's Secret Invasion in the show? Like, what if that's the show? We keep thinking Secret Invasion is the actual event. But what if it's not the event? What if it's just 
here's Nick Fury unpacking everything that's happened and, and our way of seeing how a lot of this stuff went down. I wish. I mean, I <laughs> hopefully. I don't know. I'm very skeptical. My expectations I, for, I, I don't know. for Secret Invasion are at an all-time low right now. They are very low. I, I, I don't know. I don't know if that would... I don't know how I don't know how your average movie go would feel about that. I mean, I think people would love it. You think so? I think the only problem is, I mean, they haven't indicated that any Avenger I think is going to be. In I think that's going to confuse a lot of people. People are going to be like, "Wait, what?" And they're going to like, which it was crazy in the comics. You know, in the comics, you're like, "Oh my god, this if, person if, was a scroll!" Like, really? Like, like, it was so crazy. But like, the stakes. I don't know if they're. I don't know if they're willing to do that. The stakes honestly. that they've been that that we've been given for Secret Invasion. I mean, Kevin Feige said it himself, don't expect the comic. But the cast involves no Avengers. It involves Nick Fury. It and involves Talos. Ben Mendelsohn, Skrull, Talos. Yeah. And Amelia Clark is playing, from what we know, somebody that it seems to be some sort of secret agent that has powers. Is it Jessica Drew? Is it Abigail Brand? We don't know yet. But other than that, and then we know that Kingsley Benadir is playing some sort of but I, you know, I would love for the Secret Invasion to actually involve Marvel superheroes, but I don't think it will. I think the Secret Invasion is going to involve government, which is going to be kind of lame. I think it's going to be Winter Soldier. It's going to be all the uh, we didn't. You guys didn't realize that the Scrolls have infiltrated the U.S. government, like Hydra infiltrated Shield. But it, to me, that's going to be which. Hopefully that does lead to some maybe future reveals of scrolls. The only part of it that isn't out of the picture, why this could be a Black Widow situation, because maybe those maybe this the idea and the concept of secret invasion, like EJ mentioned, is introduced in the show, but it's not ended upon until we get future movies. But right now I'm not I'm not super confident that's going to happen. Maybe I didn't, if that's the case, if what I'm worried about is the case, then I think Marvel really botched that. You know, I think mm-hmm. they didn't invest in the Secret Invasion story, which is a very strange decision. Yeah, I feel like I feel like for Secret Invasion to work, it should have been we should have seen at least one transformation by now. If Secret Invasion is like I don't know when is the show supposed to come out next year. Yeah, they should we should have seen at least a couple of scrolls by now. I know COVID, of course, you know, messed up. We got, up we got some movies coming out, man. We got a Spider-Man movie. We got Eternals. We got um, Shang-Chi and the, and the Legend of the Ten Rings. I mean, we got Doctor we got stuff Strange. coming out. Doctor Strange, there's stuff coming out. I mean, remember, we had this backlog of content. I, I, I'm not going to go on the, the thing of, I don't want to spend too much time on this, because we got to wrap the show soon, but, like, I don't want to go on the thing of, oh, well, we should have seen more. Because everything is so backlogged. The movies and everything is so backlogged. Remember, this movie we should have seen in 2020. And we're talking about a show that's coming out in 2022. Um, and we're saying, well, we should have seen way more. I'm like, I mean, this setup could start ramping up very soon. And, just, we, and, and, I think, and we did see a little in... Uh, and we Wonder have. Man. Yes, that's the thing. We have seen stuff. It just hasn't been... Right. You know, we, we not, saw not, what not happened in Spider-Man Far From Home. It hasn't been the cuddly, the cuddly, cuddly, right? You know, yeah, that's true. But we haven't. But we have seen. <laughs> and I don't know who it was. Um, oh, shout out to one of my friends who saw the movie with me this weekend. Uh, I don't know who it was. So apologies. I don't want to just 
name somebody and it's not them. But someone said, you know, with with Doctor Strange coming out in the multiverse, who's to say that, you know, the issue the whole issue we've had is how do you turn these cuddly scrolls into something more nefarious? And Doctor Strange coming out, who's to say that the messing with the timeline doesn't affect how the scrolls um are approached? Also, uh, they mentioned how do we how are we supposed to say also that perhaps the snap doesn't radicalize the people from the squirrel world um, like they were radicalized in Secret Invasion. Because remember, it was a religious radicalization of the scrolls that led to Secret Invasion. And 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 if they somehow survive the snap or something happens post-snap that, that makes them feel a different way, who's to say that they don't, that it's not the it's not a radicalized version of the scrolls that come out and, and cause havoc. And I think there may be, there may be some we talk about, okay, but there are good scrolls. There may be some aspect to, hey, do we want to have a, a movie where it's all evil aliens? Maybe they want to have some aliens that are quote unquote good or whatever, but to kind of display that this is what could happen. It's just, there are a lot of different options, I, I think, that are on the table to try to turn this still. We haven't seen any of them play out, but it's just, I, I, I would temper is that there is still uh, time left. And um, real quickly, though, guys, uh, and what did you guys think of the post credit scene where we see uh, Valentina? Uh, approach um uh, uh yelena about uh, a mission after you know yelena says you know oh, this is supposed to be my vacation time i'm all my off time and valentina allegra de fontaine who of course we were introduced to in falcon and winter soldier though this was actually supposed to be her first introduction to the mcu uh you know tells her her next target is a uh is is the person who actually is responsible for natasha's death as they uh, convene at her gravestone, and it is a picture of Clint Barton. So, uh, Kendall, what'd you make of this post-credit scene? Yeah, yeah, man. I thought the post-credit scene um, got me definitely got me charged up for Hawkeye. Yeah, you know, you got hype. Yeah, I was, I was like, ooh, didn't see that one coming. <laughs> um, you know, despite there being quite a bit of buzz that Florence Pugh would be in Hawkeye. I tried to stay away from that stuff because, you know, I wanted to wanted to experience Black Widow, uh, um, you know, without having knowing, you know, all right, so Florence Pugh. So I didn't even think about the whole Florence Pugh. I mean, we knew we knew that the post credit scene was going to be um, Dewey Louis Dreyfus because they spoiled that uh, <laughs> during Falcon and Winter Soldier. But um, I didn't understand what the context would be of her assignment. And now it got me definitely got me excited for Black, for uh, for Hawkeye. Um, I, I will say that I feel like the the scene had to have been cut or had to have been reshot um, because I don't I don't see how that would have been her introduction. Yeah, we don't even know who she is. Yeah, yeah, it, it makes no sense unless they cut it, knowing that we now know who she is. You know, which would have made would make which makes more sense in, in context now. But if you flip it, it would have just made it very awkward. Like, oh, all right, so that's Julia Louise Dreyfus, but who is she? I guess this is who she's playing. I guess this is what they're doing. I, I don't know. Yeah, you're probably right but, about that. So I think they definitely switched something up there. Um, I would argue, I think what happened was, if this is what happened, what I think what happened is true. I think they actually made a mistake that I think that there's a scene before the credits, but after the the movie after the last arc where she is recruiting 
where she goes up to Yelena, where she recruits Yelena on some level, and is intro and introduced, and then the post credit scene is then her going up to Yelena at the gravestone and giving her the mission. Um, and maybe even as a scene earlier in the movie, I don't know, but I would assume it would have been at the end, and that we would have gotten the introduction, and then the post credit scene would have been somewhere not soon after. Um, and that would, I think that, that if that was the case, then I think they should have left that in the movie. Um, cause I think that would have been a better way of showing how they met and showing the context, but maybe they felt given that we had already seen her introduction, we didn't need another scene of Julia Lee Dreyfus introducing herself. But I feel like one, I think you're, they're giving themselves a little bit of rope that everyone watched all of Falcon Winter Soldier and like understood everything, but also like. I feel like even though even then, you know, it's been a, it, she's been a character that everyone's liked so far. No, no issue with seeing you know a similar beat in Black Widow. So, yeah, I mean, I mean, it's a cool introduction, um, and I feel a little bit more confidently that they're going to uh, that this is the Dark Avengers because the the reason I feel that like this is definitely the Dark Avengers is one that we obviously we have a Black Widow and a Captain America, but two. We've got like the intro the introduction of uh Dave Fontaine's character has been uh very similar to Nick Fury. So I think that that's what they're doing. But it, I could be wrong. But there's no Thunderbolt Ross aspect, so I don't know how it would be the Thunderbolt so far. Yeah. Um yeah, I mean I, I, I thought the after credit scene was uh I thought it was pretty cool, you know, kinda of going crazy. Um, yeah, man, I was like, I was, I, it out. I, I was giving a standing ovation. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I don't want to go. But Kendall was clearly, uh, I was hype. Yeah, Kendall man. was clearly hype about it. Um, I wasn't as hyped, but I was like, okay, I'm intrigued. You know, I, I was hyped after I saw the the Hawkeye. Thing. It wasn't like when I saw Val, but when I saw, oh, we're gonna get Black Widow versus the Hawkeye. That's gonna be crazy. I mean, I mean, didn't we see that in? Or didn't we see that in Avengers? Avengers. <laughs> I mean, we've seen that a couple of times. Now. So look, I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying I'm not look. But, I'm not but here's, but here's a, but here's a, here's a, 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 you know, a fight where this is there's going to be real animosity. Yeah, there's right. Gonna be, there's a blood rivalry now. Yeah, right. So not I mean, a mind but, control, I'm not, not a oh, we just we just sparring really. <laughs> you know, right. uh, yeah. you know, this uh, this is uh, like, yeah, I know at least yes, one half yes. of this is going to be is going to be have a big motivation yeah i mean and we'll see and i don't think and i don't think that kind of i wouldn't say it doesn't sour anything but i mean they're not we're not they're not gonna kill hawkeye no and they're not gonna kill florence Pugh. no 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 so i I don't think they'll be the villain eventually they will they'll be they'll 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 make up yeah they will get an explanation yeah the story will Um, will go along not that i'm not looking forward to their interaction yeah of course I, i definitely am so i mean we'll see see how it goes i'm excited i'm definitely excited to see uh where that goes i don't think this was hurt at all by falcon and winter soldier her being introduced already in falcon and winter soldier at all um i agree kendall clearly there was some kind of shifting of plans and in some at some point and reshooting or whatever whatever but um but yeah this i I thought it worked really well i was hoping for a second after credits absolutely and i was hoping for i kind of wish that I kind of wish they hadn't stopped the whole so-and-so will return. They should have said, you know, Lealena Bolova will return or Red Guardian will return. I, I love it when they did that. <laughs> yeah. I, <laughs> I, I would like that, that no more. 
So I feel like they need to go back to doing that so that I can be like, yo, this is going to be. And it was even crazier when they said so-and-so will be in Avengers or something like that. You know, yeah, they, yeah. they got to go back to doing that because they, 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 now I'm like, all right, well, so, you know, OK, so the, the ask credits. And yeah, like, imagine if there's a Yelena Belova will return in Hawkeye. Oh, this a Hawkeye, the Hawkeye ratings shoot up. Even <laughs> even the people that don't like Black Widow. Yeah, yeah. Know me like, all right, but now I know this yeah. is. And it would have made it clear for people that aren't really into it as much. It. Yeah, following yeah. this day to day. What yeah. connection is? What a lot of connection people is. Would have yeah. been like, all right, so when are we even gonna see this? Yeah. What Avengers movie is this gonna be? Yeah, and then the, then they're gonna find out like months later online that yeah. oh, so she was in Hawkeye. Yeah. Oh, I wish I could have watched that. All right, yeah. maybe I'll check it out now. You know. Like, yeah. A lot of people don't even know the Hawkeye show. Yeah. One hundred percent. A lot of people that saw the movie, I have no idea. Yeah, so they should have. That, that's that's free marketing for them, which I think they saw it as before, but now they think they're so big they don't got it. But I, <laughs> I, they, I, think, I still think they should. So let's uh, let's do scores, guys. And, and you have any years. take on it? Oh, on on wait on what aspect? On the after credits. credits. Oh, I mean, I feel like like what I what I you know, I mean, clearly there's a setup for Hawkeye. Um. I think it's a strong setup. It, I thought it was a, it was a I thought it was a pretty dope scene. It, again, it was a little weird because like I I didn't think about this, but I think Kendall's right. They had to have reshot it because there's no introduction to either that or like you said, maybe there was another scene that then they cut because now we know who Val is. But there was no introduction to to, to Valentina. She just shows up and just we, we expect to, it definitely seems expected that we're supposed to know who she is, which couldn't have yeah. been the case when they first uh, introduced this. But I will say that uh, I, I thought the scene was dope. Um, also, I I I, I, 100% I think it's, I, I'm definitely leaning more on. I I wasn't 100. You know, we talked about it in Wonder. I wasn't 100 sure it was Dark Avengers we were going, but I'm I'm now very much walking down that that line. That I think this is probably Dark Avengers stuff here, and um, and and I think that you know, especially considering. Who do you- Sorry, go ahead. I was just going to ask, who do you think is the next recruit? Because these two were pretty... I feel like going to this movie, when we heard she was in it, we were. I think everyone was like, it's got to be either Taskmaster or Yelena. But probably Yelena if it's they're doing a Black Widow. So, like, who's the next recruit? And when do we think that'll be? Um, do, I mean, the first name that comes to mind is, I think, in my nation. Yeah, as a lot of people, as a lot of people say, yeah, a lot of people have thought abomination. Um, and that could be a little, a, little, be a little disappointing, only because you know we all been hoping for Red Hulk. We're gonna get a, you gonna get a White Vision. I do not, mm. but that would be crazy. I, I mean, look, her reach, like the fact, how did she even know what happened on Vormir? Like, I mean, I know maybe Hawkeye said what happened and then word gets around, but like, I mean, we don't know. She knows a lot. About... She seems to know a lot that no one seems to understand why. Like, she did, we don't, she, she knew, knew that, that, that he had, that, that Walker took the suit of soldier serum. Yeah. How she know that? Yeah. <laughs> and you know? look, we talked about it during the WandaVision thing, but her line, where she said things were about to get a little crazy, seemed like uh, a secret invasion. Tease, right? Where she was like, "Things about to look get, get a little crazy around here. We're gonna need to be ready, or something like that." And I don't know. I feel like she knows she knows stuff. And I'm like, "How?" Like, again, she's another character. They're definitely building her up, you know. And and I feel like up this. That I feel like this Dark Avengers or Thunder slash Thunderbolts setup. This could be bigger than 
the regular Avengers, potentially. Uh, if they get, if they get the, if because I, they're two for two right now. They're two for two. Um, the, the two characters. The two characters. They got two for two. Everybody Done. wants to see them again. People, everyone perfect loved, casting. People, people saying John Walker was a star of Falcon and Winter Soldier. People saying Florence P was a star of this movie. They're two for two right now at the Dark Avengers. They keep, yep. they keep. If they're five for five, six for six, yep. and and these are people that are willing to kill people and willing to cross the line. Yep. And are going to cross the line in the movie probably several times. Yeah. I mean, that's gonna be something a lot of people are gonna want to see. And are the Dark Avengers going to be in their own movie, or are they going to be villains in an Avengers movie? They're the questions that people are going to have. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, I, I kind of wonder if, if we, you know, the setup for this really, you know, we, we got to see what happens with Hawkeye. Um, but I almost wonder if it kind of becomes a Avengers versus Dark Avengers kind of thing. Right, mm-hmm. where where you know you know who else they say we're getting? Uh, Corey Stahl is coming back as um, as Yellow Jacket in Ant Man and the Wasp: Quantumania. Why is he coming back? Right. I wonder if he's going to be Yellow Jacket in the Dark Avengers. Well, yeah. what's what was Darren yeah. Ross? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Whatever the situation may be, I definitely think I'm way more in line with Dark Avengers being. Um, I'm way more in line with Dark Avengers being uh being being definitely. It's a little disappointing that there's no Red Hulk so far. Doesn't mean we won't, because they've we've had a lot of William Hurt. Yep. But the Hurt seemed different to you guys in this movie. I almost didn't know it was him. Like his I don't know what it was, but something about his portrayal. I want to say that William Hurt's probably lost kinda kinda weight. I think he lost a little bit of weight. Yeah, I think he might have lost a little weight. So he's a little skinnier. Um I thought his voice I thought his voice was a little different too. Am I off on that? Uh, I'd have to rewatch. I, I have to rewatch. I don't know. They got to do a Marvel Legacy on. Okay. <laughs> He's yeah. been in enough movies now. He can do a Marvel Legacy on. Yeah, it, it could have totally been me. Like you know, and the you know, Hurt seventy one. So shout out to him for still being out here doing his thing. But I, yeah. I, 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 first I was like, they didn't recast Ross, did they? And I was like, no, that's definitely Hurt. And then I don't know. No, so they, they, showed, him. they gave him a credit in the opening thing. I was like, wow, yeah, Hurt. Yeah, exactly. But they didn't say he was supposed to be in the movie. I think we right. a lot of people kind of surmised after Civil War that he would be in it, but yeah. you know when I saw Will and William Hurt, and he's really only in two scenes, so it's kind of like they they really gave him a lot of a lot of shine. But but like you said, I mean he's he's a he's a legend. He's a, we'll give him we'll give him his due. But but yeah yeah it it, it was interesting. Yes, um, it was okay. But now we do got <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah exactly. Um, but we do gotta give a score so quickly. Uh, let's go around. Shamari, uh, I go Shamari. What will you give this score out of ten for uh, Black Widow? I give Black Widow a seven point five out of ten. Um, I thought it was solid. I thought it was a solid movie. I enjoyed myself. Um, you know, shout out to Scarlett Johansson. This is kind of her big, big hurrah, big kind of going going away, um, you know, finale movie. And, it, and it, I thought song. it worked. <laughs> yeah, it's one song. I thought it worked. You know, I thought it worked really well. Her act, the action was great in this movie. You guys know I love action movies. There was a ton of action in this movie, uh, so I was very pleased. Uh, Taskmaster did not work, so that is <laughs> that is what uh, brings the score down for me. And some of the Drake off stuff was a little mustache twirly. I think towards the very very end, um, where it was like, oh, my widows are all over. They're gonna do this, and I was like, eh, I mean, are they? You know, so I don't know. I, it got a, just a little weird at the end, and then of course, like I said, the Taskmaster twist didn't work, but really everything else worked. Florence Pugh was great. Harbor was great. Um, 
I, I like the Red Room, the other widows. It was crazy. The whole thing was crazy. So, um, yeah, I gotta get, I gotta give it a seven point five. I thought it was solid. Kendall. Uh, yeah, I'll give him a seven point five. Um, I feel like this was a good movie. Um, it 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 sort of hammered home why they made it. I mean, not in the sense that there was a, a scrawl or you know there was some sort of Thanos connection or anything crazy, but um, Infinity's home. Yeah, right. It, 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 I think it hammered home that the questions that people had of Ken Black Widow, can you do? Could you do a Black Widow movie and it be good and it have like a really good story and it have stakes? And I think they they showed that you can. Um, is it a movie that? <laughs> it's funny because. I don't know. I can't say that. I don't think that the, the pandemic definitely didn't hurt it. It definitely didn't help it. But like the fact that we haven't had a Marvel movie in so long gave this movie even more like, I don't say hype, but like importance that it was the first Marvel movie that we've had in well over a year. And we haven't had many since Endgame. So um, it, 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 that almost helps the movies um, again, importance and, and hype. Um, I feel like this was definitely um, a movie that, you know, is good enough for a theatrical release, with no doubt. Um, I still think they probably should. I wouldn't say should have. They made a lot of money, so I, you know, I'll eat some crow on the decision to to not release it. But um, it's definitely a movie that still could have been released on Disney Plus. And, you know, I think people would have watched it as a theatrical release. It was a very good movie. But um, some issues. Dreykov, I would say probably a mid-tier Marvel villain. You know, I, I thought he had a chance early on to be one of the better MCU villains. Maybe a top five. But yeah, I, I agree they cut that. some teeth from, from the from the Red Room, I think, by the third act. So can only give can only make him a, a, mid, a mid-level MCU villain. But, yeah, 7.5, good movie. Um and like Shamar said, good swan song to the Black Widow character, and good introducing introduction to uh, the Elena Belova character. Yeah, I think with Drakeoff, some of the uh, some of the, the the limitations too is you know he was int- he may have been the, the late the, the the villain that was introduced the longest the, the the latest in a Marvel movie ever. You know, I mean, we're yeah. maybe two hours or hour and forty minutes in the movie to we even see this guy. So, so yeah, that beyond, was obviously the introduction. Yeah. Right, yeah, yeah, I guess, but um, which was a flashback scene, but yeah, besides that, yeah, we have not seen this guy basically the entire movie. Um, definitely not in present day, obviously, until the end of the movie. To me, I, I, I'm, you know, I just sound boring, but I think that seven point five is on the docket for me. Yeah, I, I, I would agree. It's, a, it's a good movie. Um, I can't go great movie because there's some of those issues I mentioned uh, with uh, what they did with Taskmaster. Um, there also were, you know. You know, for a, a movie company that has, you know, a fortune, I thought there was some CGI and some green screen stuff that just didn't look the greatest that uh, that we just have to point out. That it comes to making movies and, and, and giving scores, I, I think that it was, that was a little disappointing because there was no reason for some of those things to look as, uh, you know, PS3 graphics as they did. Um, <laughs> but there were moments, especially in the last arc, uh, with some of the explosions and things where they... Just those things didn't look as as tight as they could have. I, some of that stuff I thought was a little heavy. Also by the end, like, yes, it was. It was also a lot of it. Yeah, it was. It, and it was, yeah, it was a lot of explosions and stuff. And you know, it was definitely like all right, this is definitely a superhero movie. 
you know, for all the people that like, you know, MCU movies are a roller coaster. Like, it got a little bit like that. At the yeah, end. yeah, yeah. But it also, it, like, it's Black Widow, so I didn't need like, you know, she was doing stuff. I'm like, man, I don't know if any human being can like. When she's falling out of the red room, I was like, most people would have like. Now look, she's super highly trained, so I'm like, well, maybe I'm gonna give her some rope. But like, she's doing stuff where I'm like, this most people would have fell. And, like, if no no doubt, that's an easy, you know, way you're surviving that. But, um, yeah, it definitely suspended some disbelief with 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 some of those scenes. But I did like how they also threw in the thing about how she was, you know, genetically superior to both humans at a young age. So. That uh, she had a genetic potential that was surpassed most humans. So it's yeah. almost like a little thing. Of not she's, she's not superhuman, but you know she's uh, that's the XG. Yeah, yeah. No, I think I thought that was also uh, smart to put in there as well. Turning Drake off in his for all the people that were like, you know, oh, this is the weakest Avenger. She's a human. It's like, well, yeah, but she's not like a normal. Yeah, she's not a Joe Schmo. Right? Yeah, she's like LeBron James. You know, she's like you know the yeah, exactly. level athletes that the elite level humans that they've targeted and they see from early on could be special. Um, and not everyone makes it, you know, again, which is that 10% of the people make it out of the red room. So like, yeah, the fact that, that she, she even made it past shows. Okay. This is someone who's a special person, but, um, but again, like speaking to that, there were these little details about Natasha that I thought were, were important to know, important to know about her backstory. The Elena's audition was great. Florence Pugh, her future in the Marvel universe is bright. Um, I thought uh, the Red Guardian character brought some comic relief that was, uh, I think, needed, again, for a movie that was dark for a lot of it. I thought they did a good job of kind of balancing that tone. Because, again, this movie could have been super dark for the entire time and would have been kind of a drag. I think that they, they, this is where using humor and using Marvel's um, formula worked really well for this story. Because sometimes you see the Marvel formula and say, okay, this is a copy and paste formula that's kind of boring and, and, and kind of formulaic. This was a kind of story that needed it, I think. I think it served it very well. Um, but then some of the other Marvel tropes of the, uh, you know, mustache twirly guy at the end um, and the, oh, let's give you guys a twist that nobody wants thing. Like that that aspect of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, the ones that we really don't like, also reared this ugly head. And I think that's what brought the score down for me. Um, good movie. Can't wait to see it again um, and kind of pick up more things from it. But uh, I will give it a 7.5 as a total. That's going to do it for this edition of the New Generation Hero Talk podcast, talking about Black Widow. Um, certainly enjoyed this conversation. Hope you guys did as well. Of course, if you like this podcast, make sure you check out all of our shows on the New Generation Podcast Network. That's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and TuneIn. Also, be sure to check us out on YouTube New Generation Media, where we're doing low-key episode discussions and recaps every week. We've done five. If you're watching this, listening to this podcast, you might already see our sixth one up. But um, we'll be doing our sixth one soon as well. So uh, so make sure you check out our, our Loki reviews on there. That's once again, uh, New Generation Media on YouTube. Social media, you can find us on Twitter, New Generation Pod, Instagram, New Generation Podcasts, and Facebook, New Generation Media. You can find us individually on social media, Shamari's uh, MCShan22 on Instagram and Snapchat. Kendall is Twitter, uh, uh, New Gen Ken, and you can find me on Twitter, EJ underscore Stewart, and Instagram, Action EJ. Thank you guys again for checking us out. Kendall, I'm EJ. Take it easy, guys. And Shamari, I'm EJ. Take it easy, guys. Peace.